Hey, Peppin. Yo, 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 yo. You know, I'm thinking a lot lately about um, inspiration. Inspiration? Is that what you get mm-hmm. when you, like, uh, you know, look within yourself? You see the mountaintops and you realize that you can never get there? Yeah, sometimes that's how it comes about. But I think sometimes it comes about other ways, like in a dream or uh, you look at a hot girl and you're just feeling so inspired i think i'm mostly inspired by hot girls to be honest sometimes i wake up with inspiration um sometimes i feel so inspired right before bed and i gotta get that inspiration out hmm you know sometimes before bed i think about dd angel and i get super inspired like it yeah. just gets to the heights that you can never imagine and i just like fall asleep just thinking what could i do Nate, we need to talk. This song is from the EP, The Company You Keep, created by Omosis, which is part part band created by Natrium, I guess. Watch the blade, another led my eyes astray. You can find more of them at omosis.com. Throw your stones, quiet makes me Welcome back. So glad you guys could join us. I am here once again with my best friend, Nathan. Pepin, how's it going today, Pepin? Yo, yo, I'm doing well. How about you, yourself, Meter? I'm doing great. I got a nasty sunburn that hurts, but you know what? It makes my blue eyes pop, so it's totally worth it. And we are joined today by very special guest, friend of the show, been on the show multiple times, way back in one of my favorite all-time episodes, Virginity Stories, Matt Drew. Welcome back, Matt. What's up? What's up? How you guys doing? Doing fantastic, thanks. Yeah. You were on the episode that birthed the Cinderblock, so... We have to thank you a lot for that. That is part of our little poster thing. I got in on the ground floor with those riffs. Those riffs were revolutionary riffs about you and that cinder block. I, I remember being proud of that, listening back to it. And um, everything I said still holds up to this day. I'd say it again in a heartbeat. Just for people who are just coming into this and who haven't listened to the episode, I didn't do things with the cinder block. I just utilized it with a girlfriend. Yes, it was a very, very, it was a normal thing. It's a normal cinder block. Mm-hmm. It was doing the normal stuff. No, you that. had a weird relationship with that cinder block. You and that cinder block had this weird dependence on each other. It was this really codependent relationship that was really weird. I didn't know where you ended and the cinder block began. You guys were so intertwined with each other where there was Pepin, there was that cinder block, and there was more to the story that no one was getting. And I'm glad that we could do our part in exposing that in the Virginities episode. I highly suggest checking it out if you haven't yet. And it's something about, like, I love when you're on the show, Matt, because you bring such a unique energy and the way your mind works is so fucked up and twisted. And I mean yep. that with Thank you. all of the love and passion I could possibly give. Thank you. I love and, that. I love that. And uh, I'm proud I, of it. 
having you on, like you, you, you push the 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 comedy. You push the envelope in general, but I think you push like the the narrative in such an interesting way. It's really it inspires me to do the same. So, uh, and that's interesting to me. And and kind of kind of on topic here as to like how you come about with ideas. Like, how did that whole riff with the cinder block that like became its own thing begin? And it just kind of like it was an in between everybody and on the show happening, happening live. You could see it like slowly forming into a thing. Very interesting. It's like it's like any type of like crowd work type stuff. If you ever see comedians doing that, where you just capitalize on these little moments, and with luckily Pepin just gives you gold with a cinder block story, just. He was going to move. He was going to blow right past it. Let's just be honest. We're going to put the cards on the table right now, Pepin. Your whole goal in the beginning was to get through to the end of the story. You didn't want to stop and talk about any of those little bits and details. You were going to blow past them. And and we kept you honest, okay? We kept you honest. We 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 took you aside, Pepin, and we um we held you to the coals, man. And that's what you needed in that moment because that's ridiculous. The fact that you were utilizing a cinder block like that and you thought that was nothing. You thought that was not noteworthy. You bring it, you, you bring it to the table and you move on. No, no, no. We're going to have seconds of that, okay? I was honestly hoping you guys would just focus on how I lost my virginity instead of the cinder block. You know, in this, in this time, like, I've had sex before and I've had sex more than once. But no, you guys just put some random thing out of the ether and just focused on it. Like losing your virginity is a normal part of childhood. That cinder block, <laughs> that was something special. <laughs> now, wait, did I say childhood? Yes. <laughs> well, there's that. So, uh, and I think that's that's super interesting because Nate does. You're right, Matt. You know, uh, you're, uh, everything everything you say, whether it's a joke or not, always has this little kernel of truth, Matt. And I think that the, the kernel, the 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 big kernel in this instance is that Nate does a great job at throwing out a bunch of hooks, or or I think of it like a bunch of little threads. And sometimes that's where inspiration comes from. Is there's a bunch of little threads, and you choose to pull one of those threads. Um, and, and that's always a very interesting, uh, interesting way to do that. And I feel that usually comes for me in instances where something's kind of been marinating a little bit longer. And then I want to sit down and actually like explore that thing. Yeah. I, um, I, with my music, like just, that's all I do when I'm writing songs, it's playing different chords, playing different progressions and like trying to hook onto little bits of it that lead you to the next hook lead you to the next thing and you just you keep connecting it's like this weird puzzle and you get to kind of like work through creative flowy ideas at the same time with like melodies and really feel it out like that and it's all just building upon moments building upon other moments and it's that's that right there is I, I I feel like I sound like the most pretentious person in the world right now because I'm so like yeah jokes all the time but then when I start talking about like the thing that I actually am most passionate about my music it just I dip into this like well you know the idea of a song building on to another idea it just sounds super up my own ass but I hope it doesn't communicate that at all 
No, no, definitely not. And I, I think that that's the, the dichotomy of our show is we are hashtag smart comedy. Uh, so we have the comedy part. Like, we'll make a dick joke, but sometimes it'll be a dick joke about quantum mechanics, you know? So it's it's a, it's a not about the, the fact that it's a dick joke, but it's about what created the dick in the first place to make a joke about. And sometimes it's quantum mechanics. Sometimes it's inspiration. Sometimes it's you're writing a song. Nate, do you do you follow some of that same path that Matt's talking about here, where you're starting out with um, trying out some different uh, different chords and seeing what kind of builds into something with substance? At least as far as music, I'm a big improviser. I just kind of like mess around, and eventually I come across something that I like, and I kind of work on it a little bit. And then I, if it's really good, I might record it. But uh, it's mostly just like random ideas and just kind of like one thing I can speak to you is that there we probably overheard this idea about the monkeys. So monkeys typewriting and eventually they'll make Shakespeare if they're typing for long enough. And it's just because yeah. there's a certain number of combinations out there. It's just more of a math problem. And anything that you kind of come up with is just one of those combinations of like say a maybe it's an infinite set, but you say theoretically finite set. And that's kind of the same with music. So take music, there's in classical music or say Western music, there's eight notes and there's all these different rhythms and you could kind of generalize certain rhythms and things, certain things to be similar or the same. So there's only so many possibilities you can explore. And for me, it's just kind of generating all these different possibilities and just being like, does this sound good? Eh, maybe. Does this sound good? Nah. And then just keep generating, keep generating and maybe you can find something that sounds good. You tweak it a little bit which for me is just kind of going to one slightly different uh, version of that same riff or same idea. And sometimes you think, oh, this actually doesn't sound good right here. But in context to this, uh, like, let's say it's like a diminished chord, you know, maybe this actually sounds good at the end of like a little progression here to build tensions to the next part, which it, it, it's, it, it's, it's kind of just generation and then kind of curation, I think, is the way my process is. That's awesome. No, that like... I don't I can't tell you how many times I've done the same thing where something wasn't working and then I just played the same notes but higher up on the neck and it just completely changed the energy of it and it really fixed the part of it and that's that's what you have to do I feel like is just it's like it all is like a Rubik's cube I feel like and you just got to find the combination you just got to find those colors man There is a podcast I was listening to follow up with that where this, I forget what song it was, but there's this really famous song out there, which uh, it, it got like a couple Grammys and everything. And I guess originally the song had been going from person to person, like in the music community, and, and no one really liked it. And this one person just really loved it. So they, they sang it and the, the way they sang it, like it sounded really off from the music. And I guess there was a producer who was listening to back to it and was like, you know, the way they're singing this, like they're hearing different chords in the back of their head. Like they're hearing this chord, this chord, this is this chord. But uh, what the chords are here are th these chords, and these chords don't work with this. So all they did was change the chords, and then it worked perfect. Then they got a couple Grammys. And sometimes there's that thing in the back of your mind that knows what it wants to do. It can hear the thing there. But sometimes it's just about kind of finding that exact outlook or that back exact combination, kind of like you're saying with the Rubik's Cube, where it just kind of gels and works together and communicates the idea you actually want to get across. And that's super interesting that one artist can create a thing and know that there's something there, but there's something in their mind that like blocks them from actually seeing it. And then another artist can come along and or a producer, which I would say in a way is can be like an artist when they can hear 
things like that and change it uh, to bring it back to to Shrek. Obviously, <laughs> Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen. You ever heard Leonard Cohen sing Hallelujah? It's fucking hot, hot garbage. But if you listen to Pentatonics do Hallelujah, it's one of the greatest songs ever. Lyrically, it's arguably the greatest song ever written. But when when Leonard Cohen's mumble singing it like fucking Shatner, it sounds awful. And I'm glad he's dead so he can't hear me say that because he wrote an amazing, brilliant song. One thing which is really interesting about, say, artists, I think, is that sometimes the artist is dumb on the outside, but they're smart on the inside, if that makes any sense. Like, I, like, I don't want to be, like, uh, this kind of person, but Eminem, he's one of the best, like, rappers out there. The stuff he comes up with is genius. Listen to him in interviews, he doesn't seem that smart. I mean, he doesn't seem like he's dumb, but, you know, you just wouldn't expect that kind of genius there. Like, like... Like, he's got a far better engine in his brain than you would guess he has just by talking to him or just by seeing him. Like, you wouldn't assume that sort of stuff. And it's kind of the way a lot of artists work. Like, I talked to some very smart people before, and, like, they're smart in writing, but, you know, you hear them talk and you have to converse with them, and they actually don't seem that that brilliant. But there's this kind of weird duality sometimes between, like, the person who's on the outside and the person who's on the inside actually generating that content. No, it's true. It's true. I mean, I think that and if you really look at what he was doing, too, there were different like he had different modes in his early days. And now he's just angry all the time. And every rap he does is super angry. It's just like, blah, 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 blah. I hate everything. And it's like he used to be so much. So there were so many things that he was doing that were like layered. Like it was so intricate how he was he was rapping in his early times, but yeah, he had a completely different persona. He looked like trailer trash. Right. And that's, that was like the whole thing is, you know, he rose above and he was like this genius and, um, and it doesn't matter how you look, you know? Right. Meter, do you, do you, uh, say relate to what I'm saying or is, am I just judging people according to their looks? Cause I feel like I'm like, maybe not, but I also feel like, like, I feel like this is the outside. So, here's an instance for yourself so you when you talk when i talk to you i don't get this you know, say the presence that you're very good with lyrics and kind of rhyming and rapping and everything like that like obviously you're brilliant you're very very smart in all these other ways but i wouldn't surmise you have this kind of poetic ability just because it doesn't come across in your everyday life but obviously you do you know a la uh, jama's view your album you released and it, it's like you have such a tight rhyming scheme and everything. Like it's, it's not something I would guess from the outside. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think that's just interesting in general to, to, to how people are. Is that some people um, do look the part and other people don't. And whether, but but it really does show that like judging a book by its cover kind of is irrelevant in a lot of those senses. Um, but in some senses, it's it's right on. I, uh, and I would point to, to Matt Drew with that because I think Matt Drew, when he the way you you talk is uh, is is brilliant in a in like an insane way, if that makes sense. Like uh, it, you, <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna offend you. There's no question. No matter what I say at this point, I'm going <laughs> to offend you. But. You're, you're like, no, no. like me, I like to, to like figure out how people think and you're fucking crazy, but it's crazy in such a way that like somehow it works perfectly 
and it it makes for a unique view on everything um, that really translates well, that you. translates really well into art. And you do a good job of taking your unique view and being able to express it in a way that other people can still connect with. And I think that is the mark of going from somebody who's a good artist being able to just express themselves to a great artist being able to express themselves and get you to connect with that. And that's where I think you're at, Matt, to be able to to take crazy and make it sane. Well, I've always had this feeling of boredom with normal and you know, just trying to make life interesting. And ever since a young age, I was always flocked to the weirdest thing or like trying to just be mixing something up or commenting on a moment, breaking the fourth wall, so to speak, with life and being like, like, isn't this crazy right now? Like, like, and I feel like that kind of, um, but I was also like trying to connect with people too, just because I came from a big family and all of us competed for our parents' love and affection. Uh, there were like who, seven who kids won, in my family. Way? So who won the competition? Um, Hannah, the youngest girl, That'll she won it. the competition. It was landslide. She was adopted. She <laughs> they chose. Was, uh, they, she, chose they, flew, <laughs> they chose her. They didn't choose any of us. Okay, they, we were like monsters who crawled out of them. And Hannah was this this prize. They already had that they they, they they made ten <laughs> tries to make something usable, and they're like, "We gotta go buy somewhere else." You know what? There's a problem in the batter. We gotta go somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> there is something rotten in this batter. I think you do a great job yeah. of 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 what you do there, and and I think that I must have I must have read you very well because I don't know if we had ever talked before. The first time at the end of that assembly. Yeah. It was so weird because there was no reason in the world that you had. You, there was no reason for you to talk to me ever. You weren't on my team. You were like team one and I was team three or something. Yeah. And we were like opposite sides of the school. We like theoretically barely would see each other. Like you would be going to the same school that I was going to. But I very rarely actually saw you at school. But we both worked at the same grocery store. Exactly. So I had and that's seen what you connected. enough. Yeah, exactly. I seen you enough at school that that it was like, but like there was still like we worked at the same grocery store. I still worked at the same grocery store with so many people from your team mm -hmm. that I never talked to. Mm -hmm. So it was like the fact that we would talk to each other. It was the universe. Just we well, were like magnets, man. Well, what's super interesting to me is we had never talked before. But I knew the only way to approach you was with the weirdest fucking thing I could think of. I would have never approached anybody else in the world the way I approached you. That's probably the best it, opening line anyone's ever said to me in my life. Like, upon, like, meeting someone, like, that being the first opening line. Nothing in my life has happened like that. Such, uh, so similar to a movie, man. That was, that was like a movie. Someone just looking at you and going... You want to take my shift? I'll give you something tasty. <laughs> so I wanted to go get I wanted to go get laid. Yeah. So I was asking you to take my shift at work because I didn't want to call out. Yeah. So um, I said I my opening line was, uh, "Hey, you work at Market Basket, right?" Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I have the shift this day. You want to take it? I'll give you something tasty. I got it in my trunk. And you say yes. Yeah. And I got laid. So where we're going with this is that your the inspiration for your friendship was wanting to get laid. 
It was, but it was also the the inspiration for like Matt Matt's just aura permeated the room so much I knew immediately. I was inspired immediately to be a fucking weirdo right out the gate and yeah. it worked. Yeah. And I that never might, looked yeah. back since. Yeah, I'm like that. I'm like a reflector piece to weird, you know? So it's like weird stuff happens around me because I got a weird energy. So, no, that makes perfect sense. You actually, you got to go. So wait, what, that was you losing your virginity, right? You went yeah. off and met up with that girl and you lost your, yeah. your virginity. And it was yeah, and, a, and I, I got my first concussion. Let that happen. Episode four, I believe. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. Remember that story? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How could I forget? That story. Oh my God! Do I remember that story? Damn. Uh, and now, Nate, um, all, you're you are as far as as your your art. Your uh, let's talk about your music. Um. So, you say you like you like improvisation. So I remember we when we lived together, you used to improvise all the time. You would put on an hour long, just like backing track of a drum loop or whatever. And you were just solo for like an hour at a time. Just one solo, one hour long solo. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, does this song ever end, Nathan? And and I love that because I'm never, I don't have that in me to be able to just like improvise musically for any length of time, let alone for hours at a time. So how do you find a wave to ride that continues that long or is it several la- waves that all kind of flow against or into each other the way i'd say it is i think and matt can expand upon this but uh music in a lot of way is built of licks so licks are just kind of like these little ideas like like you can take like these different like little phrases and kind of like with just talking language right so it's made up of words and you can think of like words as notes, but then you have like a phrase. So like when you just string them together, that makes sense. So like, how are you doing? It's a phrase, right? So it's different words. And those words have course have letters and everything, which you could say is like the niche pitch and timing and everything. But it, you know, there, there is the, the words and there's also how you say them, but it, it's based off of licks. So you take flicks, you know, and like some people have a very good lick library. I, say I have an art library probably not that great though but I can string together in a way where it's just kind of like talking like I can talk forever unfortunately like you've heard me talk like for seven minutes about the history of music that one podcast so mm-hmm. it's like this is string words together and you just keep doing it and you know you like to hear yourself talk so you just keep doing it and you know once you have a couple of phrases down you just, just string them one after another after another after another and you just don't stop because soloing is amazing and I don't know. Do you do you write lyrics, Pepin? I used to, and then people told me to stop singing. Hmm. That's brutal. <laughs> Awkward dinosaur is a great fucking jam, though. It's it's like I remember Steve's sister heard some my uh, my music, and she was like, "Oh yeah, the music's really good. The guitar solo is really cool." But uh, you know, he should get a singer, like a different singer. I'm like, it, it's all me. I, I can't do that. <laughs> it's, it's not. That's rough. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, the thing is, I remember when I was like 14, learning to sing was such a brutal process. And I was going through puberty and 
I think, Steve, I don't know, like, you saw me, like, after it was really brutal in puberty. You did still see me in the early days. I know that, where, you know, like, some of those first couple songs I showed you, I think, were pretty bad. Uh, but um, I, I remember how difficult it was even starting to sing, where everyone in, like, my family was like, you know what? dude, you're not John Mayer. Stop trying to be John Mayer. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be John Mayer. I'm just trying to sing my songs. And then they were like, your voice is bad. So I ended up uh, like for a week, I was like, I'm going to be a jazz artist. I'm just going to play jazz guitar. And that's all I'm going to do. And then, uh, and then I was like, oh, that's bullshit. So I hate up. jazz. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do my music. I'm going to sing. And I'm just going to keep trying to get better. That's all I did. And I think I got a little bit, just a little bit better. One thing that but, really impresses me about your music musical ability is that you have the ability to improvise lyrics as well as you know, lyrics, melody, kind of tune, but also play guitar at the same time. Like I, I can yeah. do kind of the music side. I can improvise that, but I've tried to improvise singing. I practiced that for like a good number of months and it's so difficult. Yeah, it's really, it's really a weird dance you have to do i'll start playing something and mumble singing over it and it's this weird weird type process where you're just trying to latch on to something and sometimes i have to like stop the singing part just to focus on the guitar because sometimes i just get so lost in it and then i'm like i just need to focus on like what would sound cool on the guitar right now because like sometimes the mumble singing right out of the gate works sometimes you trip into something great and the next thing you know the guitar part starts building and you start leading into the next thing and it starts working on a much larger level but sometimes it doesn't sometimes it's not coming together and it's just like okay what would just sound cool if i was listening to a guitarist play right now and i start playing in that direction and then sometimes i can get there just through that and then start mumble singing again over it so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well, one little side topic with that is there's sometimes tools to inspiration and at least as far as music goes uh, one big tool I use is music theory so sometimes I'll think okay like like okay, I'm gonna go technical here but you know I'll be thinking about like a certain riff and then I start thinking about how to get the progression to work so I'll start thinking okay let's go like one four let's go up to a six and then I guess five might be useful so you just kind of come up with a progression or you might have like this little thing you're trying to get to or like you have a song you're trying to get to one part and you start kind of thinking, at least I do, start musically, like music theory wise, how would I fit this into this and get this to either slow down, speed up or do this and that. And it's kind of like a more of a toolbox on, on my end. Would you say that you utilize, you know, music theory at all in your own singing songwriting? So this is actually funny. I don't read music. I'm not into theory. I was always by ear. And it was a point of contention for me and my jazz ensemble teacher, Mr. Mamey in high school. I remember he was so aggravated that I didn't read music. And I just like I got all the sheet music for the, the jazz ensemble songs for the guitar and I and I saw they would just put the like the chords above it and I would just like play like my own like like improv improvised like background parts to the music 
and like just keep them in the, those types of chords that I'd play around with the time signatures because there was so much going on with these time signatures and these jazz ensemble songs. So I was just, I was learning how to play in all these different time signatures just because I had to keep up and I had these chords that I, I had to do over these parts and I knew that I could keep up with these because like I just like matched it up by ear and it and it worked and to the point where my teacher, like I was there every year in high school and he kept having back because the proof was in the pudding i was i was like he knew that i was adding something to that jazz ensemble because he was ruthless and he would kick people out over like nothing i don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie whiplash i i think that's the name of it i saw a movie review by a guy named adam neely but i haven't actually seen it but i've heard so there's, like a, yeah. yeah there's this this movie about jk simmons is this like like insane band teacher and like i'm not saying that ours in high school was anything close to how they dramatize it in that movie but it was like this idea of like there was this weird like dynamic between him and the kids where i remember like one day i had misplaced my guitar folder but there were so many people who were in and out of that filing thing so i was just asking the teacher i was like hey i can't find the um the, the guitar music folder and he goes well i don't know matt how many other guitar music folder people are out there in this band room right now and i just was like filled with this like sinking feeling because it was like not only just me in his office doing that it was like me in front of the whole like it was like everyone in the jazz and i just remember everyone was like like their faces were like you're a piece of shit he just called you a piece of shit and like and then like my walk over to the to the the filing cabinet i still couldn't find it so he was like well i guess you're just gonna have to sit right there and watch everyone else play huh matt and uh and then i uh i i ended up finding it and um not feeling like such a piece of shit sitting there watching everyone play the whole time but I loved I loved that that early um, I, I forget what I was even saying that but I I love those early days in uh, in playing and learning my playing through jazz I like I went on a little side avenue where I was like oh and my teacher was a piece of shit anyway so back to uh, my playing uh, I I yeah exactly I took a little sidebar because exactly I was like that guy happened. was a piece of yes. shit and I've got I got I got real things that still linger in my brain That's about him and I got to get them out. And then we're going to get right back to my playing, my guitar playing. So uh, that's where I learned how to play really crazy time signatures without actually knowing about theory. <laughs> no, no. So to answer in your question, short, no. <laughs> now that my essay, my essay is done, in short. No. And you know what? This episode's going to end right about now. Why? Well, because uh, it's 30 minutes. Our episode's are 30 minutes. So, hey, next time, we're going to have more Matt Drew. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. And until next time, we, we need to talk. It, yeah, this is me in post here. I'm not actually, like, saying this during the podcast. That'd be kind of weird and rude. Peace. We need to talk.